anything else you want to get out before I start recording about these queens that you don't want to say on the fucking... No, I said that on the walk here. It's fine. Okay, perfect. Because I already started recording. <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> ladies, gentlemen, and everyone else in between to Not Another Drag Race podcast. I am your host, Reese, And joining me today to discuss, oh, it happened. It fucking happened. Episode one of RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. She's a New Zealand queen. She's also a runner-up on the television series House of Drag. I don't know if you've heard. Oh my God, please introduce yourself. Lola Blades! Well, that Hi. doesn't make sense. You told me to introduce myself and then you told them all I was Lola Blades. You gave it away. Shit. Uh, I'm just too excited. That's why. Because holy shit, I have an actual queen who's like worked with these queens, first of all. Like that's... <laughs> This is going to be a wild conversation. Um, first of all, how are you? I'm fabulous, thank you. How are you? I'm so good because uh, just watched the episode. Um, it's fresh in my mind and my God, we've got so much to talk about. Same, it finished and I was just like, message, done. <laughs> Let's no, go. it wasn't even done. You texted me a tick, a fucking uh, green tick. <laughs> okay, I wrote done and then it did an emoji and I was like, let's go with that. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's ready. She's ready. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm so excited to talk. I'm, we could literally talk for hours, but we're going to try and keep this as brief as we can because this is so exciting. You're going back home for the first time in a while. I'm so excited. So yes, tonight I get to go home and see my babies and of course see the New Zealand fraction of the Drag Race Down Under franchise. Mm. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm so glad that the spoilers that I had heard were wrong. Because <laughs> <laughs> I heard that Keita Moon went home first and I was like, that that's an injustice to have Anita Wiglet stay longer than Anita. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Not even two minutes into the pod, and we're already getting into it. I love it. Now that is that is kind of what I want to talk to you about. You were a contestant on this New Zealand television series called House of Drag. Lola Blades was the runner-up of the first season. Now, who? Uh, I would just actually just like to correct you. I was the highest placing drag queen on House of Drag. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that that infers what I was going to ask. Who who was the winner? By any so uh, yeah, House of Drag kind of made a name for itself by being the first reality show to ever cast a trans man on reality TV. And not only that, but they won it. Um, Which is amazing. So, well, not only a trans man, but a drag king. So we haven't seen this in Drag Race yet. And I think that by us in House of Drag being able to kind of promote that and showcase the talent that uh, there's so many drag kings that have it. Oh my God. um, Hopefully it's opening up possibilities. Yeah. That is wild though. I love that first, I mean, I only discovered that the show existed because we chatted a few weeks ago and you're like, oh, by the way, I have experience on television. And I was of like, course, okay. no one ever like watches it. They'd be like, oh my God, you're Lola from House of Drag. I have to tell people I'm Lola from House of Drag. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, and was it, wait, was there like confessionals on that show? Like there was. Out of, yeah. out of drag confessionals? Okay, yes. cool. Okay. And people still don't recognize <laughs> No, it's fine. I mean, look, uh, you you really, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You really like uh, held the flame for Kiwi drag for a brief moment in time. Is that the <laughs> phrase I'm looking for? Sure. Um, <laughs> you know, and then I moved over to Australia where it was completely irrelevant and I tried my best to like make it known. <laughs> now, have you, so how long have you been in Australia since coming over from the, the land of Kiwis? I have been here for nearly two years so I timed it impeccably by coming just before we got a lockdown. Mm. Um, so, you know, I haven't really had the chance to, you know, get on stage, feel my oats as much as I should have. Yeah. And so my opportunities have just been baby drag where I did actually get to meet Art Simone. Yeah, dropping names. 
<laughs> yeah, you got a few names you can drop. That's why this is going to be fun. Yeah, uh, Art Simone, one of our queens uh, participating in the world of Drag Race Down Under, as well as the hosts of House of Drag, uh, Ketamine and Anita Wiglet, or as they refer to themselves on the show as Keta and Anita. Is that how it goes? Keta yeah, but first. the accent's really weird. Um, Keta and Anita. Keta and Anita. Yeah. Well, okay. Also just Kanita. Kanita. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like the one organism. So the, whenever you see them out, they're always in a matching costume. Now, this yeah. is what um, uh, I spoke on the first episode with Andy from Pop Chops about. This weird relationship that I don't think we've ever had on Drag Race before where these two queens, not only do they know each other, they're mm. good mates, they're business partners. How yeah. is that going to work? Well, the thing is, is that you can't have one without the other. Mm. Like... That's how the comedy makes sense is that Anita tries to say something that she thinks is funny and then Katie rips the shit out of her. <laughs> and, you know, you need that yin to that yang for, like, a comedy duo to work, so. Yeah. I'm. Oh, look, I can't wait to see them <coughs> lip sync against each other. But um, we're going to talk first about <laughs> the first episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. This is so exciting. Uh, kicking things off with all the entrances. Uh, Art Simone into the room first. Uh, did her classic little intro, like, hi, I'm a queen who's super ocka. And I honestly, I that's the art that I know. I've met her obviously numerous times in the Melbourne scene. I'm just happy to see her on, on the screen. And I was happy to see her already throwing shade at the other girls <laughs> as they walked into the room. <laughs> I mean, it made sense that she was the one to walk in first as well. Because it's yeah. like, you know, you've got to be completely dead to the world to not know that art is... A staple of Australian drag. Exactly. Um, and yeah, sh the look, fantastic. I mean, we've all seen it. It's a toot. It was a toot, yeah. Um, following Art Simone, we of course had Maxi Shield and then we had Jojo Zahar. And You're rushing then... through it. Maxi Shield, I've also met in person. <laughs> okay. Let's just skip all the queens walking in because we met them last week on episode one. Yeah, no, they're great. Go listen to that because if we sit here and talk about their entrances, we got to, we could be here for hours because holy shit. Oh, but can I just say, if we're going to talk about that, um, which we've just said we're not, um, <laughs> but that whole entrance thing, just the shade and about to Electra was killing me. Uh, oh, the shade toward Electra. So the queens came in one by one and all of them had something to say about Electra's wig. <laughs> and it's so funny because I know Electra and she can be absolutely stunning. Yeah. Um, and she's got such a huge ego so that must have been <laughs> a trip to be like the ugly one in the room <laughs> sorry Electra to be the ugly oh one in the God. room with that fried ass wig I can say that because most of my wigs look the same um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I just uh, that was a trip for me <laughs> uh, honestly I loved that um that was such a point of contention because in the promo shot, it didn't look fried at all. It looked, it looked awful. No. Well, it looks fine in, no. the, in the promo. Well, maybe I'm not fucking analyzing these queens by zooming in on every inch of them on fucking Instagram. I was totally zooming on an <laughs> exactly. one of those drag queens. Here we go. Um, no. <laughs> Obsessed. Uh, yeah, look, the queens, they all made their entrance into what looked, what appeared to be kind of a small work room. Um, did they, I mean... Is it just me or was it like a little compact, like a trailer? Uh, yeah, it looked, uh, <laughs> it looked a little bit more compact than usual. Um, I don't really know what they're doing for their studio spaces, but we'll see what happens. No, I mean, I, without throwing, look, uh, it is an Aussie and New Zealand production. We, uh, again, on the first episode, we mentioned how it's uh, with Flowers. Sometimes it can be a little more hodgepodge than like your US counterparts, but nice I wasn't expecting- shout out there for Vinegar Strokes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, love Vinegar Strokes. Um, shout out UK season one girls. 
I, yeah, look, I'm not going to say I was expecting the glitz and glam of an LA production because that's fucking Hollywood. We get it. We're not Hollywood. And this is during COVID times. Maybe some things might have factored in production wise. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know the tea. We're not a producer. But um, let's just say I'm not surprised they didn't have the cash for a worthy prize because $30,000 is the, the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under is going to get a year supply of revolution, uh, cosmetics, makeup, whatever it's called, makeup revolution. I don't know. I'm not a makeup person, but $30,000 cash. I gagged because it's like, this is taxable income for these people. <laughs> so, so I don't know, depending on when, if you're an Australian or the Kiwi queen, like you're looking at about 30 to 40% of that being taxed. $30,000. Oh my God. I will be so happy to have $30,000 to be able to put towards my dreams and my career. Um, so, you know, power to you, whoever get snags that prize. Yep. Whoever snags the year supply of makeup from a brand I've never heard of and $30,000, that's mostly going to go on tax. Um, it better be a crown and scepter because I didn't see it. Oh, be- yes. We didn't see a crown and scepter. W- wouldn't fierce drag jewels be supplying that? I would bloody hope so. Mm. I mean... You know, I've I've won my fair share of crowns. Okay, um, but I've never got a scepter, so I like I really like that idea. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I love whenever they do crownings now of um, any season of Drag Race. They do the whole scepter thing because the, most of the queens can't have a crown on their head because their wigs just can't support it. <laughs> <laughs> like, have you noticed every finale, like especially yeah. recently with Simone, it was just the scepter because you know her hair ain't going to support that fucking crown, that fucking tall ass. Spaghetti strand thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I hope there's a crown and scepter. I hope there's uh, in the future, maybe some more cash can get <laughs> implemented from the Stan and TV and Z human beings. Uh, I should stop. I, I, I don't mean to be like as intense about that as I sound, but I just feel like 30,000. Did they know that book when they went into it? I don't think so. No, no. I mean, in House of Drag, we didn't actually know the prizes until the first girl was eliminated. <laughs> oh, seriously? Yeah. Uh, so there's <laughs> fun fact. There's a little scene where we're getting told what the prizes are, but that was all a voiceover. And the footage that they used oh. of us reacting to it was footage that they spliced from when they were reading us the health and safety policy. <laughs> And so the first girl was eliminated and they were all like sitting around in the living room and then they actually tell us what the prizes were. So That's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, work house of drag. We just wanted to be on TV. We didn't actually care. (laughs) I should say, though, um, for everyone listening who wants to go check out Lola on House of Drag, um, you can't because I sure as hell couldn't find any footage on YouTube. (laughs) Yeah, so no, TVNZ has been quite strict about um, who can view it. So you would need a VPN and register for TVNZ in New Zealand. And then you can stream both seasons online or if you wanted to use your VPN and stream it from OutTV in Canada <laughs> uh, because Canada bought bought it, Australia didn't. So, um, you know, just do a little bit of an online sneaky. Well, I'm sorry Australia has not caught on to the, the magnificence of uh, New Zealand drag soon enough, but we have now with this little fun TV show we're talking about. Following the entrances, of course, is the moment we've all been waiting for. A door opens and out comes this tall black man who says, G'day, g'day, g'day. <laughs> RuPaul enters the building, introduces uh, themselves to all the queens and tells them it's time for a mini challenge featuring the expert guidance 
of one Mr. Taika Waititi, Academy Award winning director, who is currently directing the new Thor movie, which I'm very excited about, huge Marvel fan. Let's talk about this. The mini challenge was uh, the Queens having to essentially play a new female superhero uh, in front of a green screen (laughs) with the assistance of uh, director RuPaul and the pit crew. Taika Waititi obviously couldn't be on set. He is uh, in Australia working on the new Thor movie. So instead he was via satellite. Was he via satellite? No, he or fucking was that pre-recorded? wasn't. No, he fucking, that was so pre-recorded. Yeah, Are you yeah, kidding thank me? You, thank you. What the fuck was that? It was so unnecessary because like when I heard that he was going to be featured on uh, Drag Race, I was excited because he's yeah. stunning. Um, and then just to kind of end up with that, I was, I was disappointed for these like pre-recorded shots of him giving some sort of hand gesture. Oh my God. Uh, that was amazing, Art Simone. Taika, what did you think? Nondescript gesture. <laughs> Copy, paste. Literally. <laughs> literally. I mean, I, it just got to the point where I'm like, can we stop? Like, I, I get, yeah. thank you for sitting here on in front of a camera for maybe 10 minutes to be a part of this television show. But really, Taika, nothing against you. It would have, they would have done this with anyone. And they did. We'll get to that later. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I just felt season. bad for the girls. I mean, you know, Rue was sitting in that chair alone. And the <laughs> Taika Waititi, God bless him, who was at the premiere uh, the other night in Sydney with his new girlfriend, Rita Ora, uh, who is still hanging around Australia probably because we're living COVID-free and she doesn't want to go back to the UK, which, you know what, <laughs> sure. If she wants to hang out on the, on the set of Thor with... <clears throat> Tyker and his <clears throat> Watiti, then sure, why not? <laughs> I don't blame her. I mean, he's stunning, as you said, stun, 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 stun. So about the mini challenge, who do we actually remember from <laughs> from this mini challenge? I, I got to say, I mean, Art did a good job with her little, her, her native tongue being, I thought she did a good job with the dialect. Uh, it's just that we didn't see a whole lot of others. Like Coco, I felt like was on screen for maybe five seconds. Yeah, I'm just trying to think back because it's like, you know, I'm here to rip for the Kiwi Queens and I'm like, I can't actually remember Keita or Anita's part <laughs> at all. No, I think, um, well, I do remember Electroshock screaming the house down boots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see any dialogue. They didn't show us any of that, but uh, I guess it was impressive <gasps> enough. Oh, no, she had the real creepy one with the gun. She was the... Oh, but did she? Yeah, no, she played a definitely. We more literally of a role. just watched this episode, and I can't even remember who stood out in the mini challenge. <laughs> I'm just still thinking about um, et cetera, et cetera, with the uh, like, someone's got to find it. For <laughs> <laughs> I think she's such a dork, and I, that that's not yes, to me. <laughs> I I vibe so hard with et cetera, et cetera. Uh, when she walked in the workroom uh, and her fucking antlers kept coming down, I was like, now that's that's what I want to see. I want to see a girl <laughs> who's like, oh yeah, it is, but whatever. I want to see the bitch lick the set. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Mini challenge over. I guess there was a lot of really great talent there. I just can't remember it. But <laughs> we see that Electra Shock. Oh, I'm sorry. Taika Waititi came back into the workroom via satellite, <laughs> live via satellite from the set of Thor to announce that the winner of this challenge was, copy paste, Electra Shock. <laughs> you and know he sat there and said every queen's name. He said every single queen's name. Absolutely. Or, or production already had an idea of maybe three or four queens that they thought that they wanted to win. He recorded them and then they decided based on what was actually presented, 
this is the one. Producers got to produce. That's just mm-hmm. the name of the game, you know. Mm-hmm. But congratulations, Electra, on winning the first mini challenge. That must have been so exciting. All those comments about your, your thirsty wig can just get out the door because those queens now are no longer uh, underestimating your ass. That's for true. That's for true. And she won a necklace. Like, she needs more accessories for that look. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's time for a maxi challenge. Now, I was expecting the first episode uh, of an entirely brand new series in a brand new multiple countries to do a challenge like this homegrown or show us your hometown looks. Uh, that's an obvious one. And of course the first, but before that, Oh, the, how did he, how did he put it? Nude, nude, wasn't nude oh. Alaganza. That's for sure. Like, <laughs> I don't know. You're all born naked and born the- naked and be naked. Yeah. And that was that. Okay. Sure. Why not? I mean, if you're going to do two runways on the first episode, you don't want to exert too much time on one of them. If it's not going to be as, as well, you need a contrast. So you need something with clothes, and you might as well have something without clothes. Sure, yeah, easy. They, I remember they did that on season seven for the first runway, mm-hmm. and uh, who could forget Katya full bending over, giving them like lower intestine realness? It was fantastic. Oh no, yeah, that season. That's the one where they had uh, the winter and the spring falls. Yes, spring. What? Okay, <laughs> spring the magic of editing. They <laughs> they had the fall and spring looks, and then they came on to do a nude one. Yeah, see yeah. that made sense. So there's three runways all in one episode, which was like enormous. Well, that seems to be the norm nowadays. They really put them to work with those runways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So the Maxi Challenge, uh, hometown realness or represent your hometown. Now I'm curious as a queen and you're from Auckland, I believe as well. Mm-hmm. What, what would you have done? Something similar to our fellow Auckland queens on, on the runway? I feel like I would have done something beachy. Beachy? Uh, yeah, give, give, give it some sand in my crotch. and <laughs> <laughs> I would love to be the queen that walks down the runway in flip-flops. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Michelle's face. Oh, that would... <laughs> Love it. Uh, you know, like some sort of parasol, maybe some foliage, like a fern fascinator sort of situation. Um, I see why not. I, I wouldn't have <laughs> gone the angle where Electra went. I had no idea what that was about. <laughs> uh, and they were just like, like City of a Thousand Lovers. And I was like, maybe for you. <laughs> <laughs> But um, seeing uh, Kita in the all black dress was perfect. Yeah. Um, I thought that was excellent representation. Yeah. Um, Anita as the sheep made so much sense for Anita because <laughs> she's she's a dork and she looked like a dork on the runway. Um, and, of course, any kind of joke or reference to New Zealand has got to involve a sheep somewhere. Well, that's the thing. I was I was sitting there waiting for the, waiting for the sheep reference and, boom, there was Anita. After we, we get told the runways, of course, comes the the D-drag moment. Yes. The D-drag moment where everyone's like, okay, I want to see where, how, how does everyone look? Who's the trade of the season? Who's the cuties? And there's a few trade. There's a few trade. Mm. I got to say, oh, Jojo's a hoe. You have a new fan in me. Oh, what a cutie. And I loved Karen from Finance literally like running off screen to get her fucking glasses to cover her no eyebrows. <laughs> her no eyebrow glasses. That's relatable. Yeah. That, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, what a what a great moment. I loved um 
everyone just kind of going to town with, with uh, maxi shields, chest plate. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen one that big, I can tell you that. It's massive, yeah. I've seen it in person and she looks like a petite woman on television, let me tell you that. <laughs> are you more? Are you a chest plate queen? Do you do them? No, um, I actually really rock the hairy chest. I was like... Work? Yeah, I like the fascination of giving you this like beautiful woman and then you look down and you're like, oh, she's a catfish. <laughs> I would, I would absolutely go and tip, and Australians don't even tip. I would tip a hairy queen if I saw her alive. <laughs> give me a, give me a glitter beard, all that stuff. I love it. I live. Yes. There's more to drag than just female illusion. Okay, people. Oh, there was that part where Kata opened up about her weight loss journey, and every yeah. time they cut to her confessionals, I, I squealed because it's like I still haven't seen her in person since she's lost all this weight. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I remember one time I was just like scrolling through Facebook and she was doing like a live stream and she was about to put on her makeup and she had cheekbones before contour and I was <laughs> stunned. I was like, ah! Um, so it came off really quickly and I, I've only seen it through um, her social media. Yeah, well, that's the thing about gastric sleeves. Yeah. It really does um, – you lose the weight extremely quickly. It's uh, so quick. I mean, and good for her. I mean, she saved her money and she, she knew what she wanted. She got yeah. it. No, absolutely no judgment, no shade because she looks amazing. I mean, you've you got to also say here that it wasn't actually that difficult for her to save money when she was making a bucket load in New Zealand. <laughs> oh, true. I mean, well, exactly. She is a drag legend of, of New Zealand. They, of course, had to bring up the, the classic rival. It's not even a rivalry. They're best mates. They're partners. Yeah. But uh, uh, Kidda and, and Anita, who was it that asked them <laughs> who's going to go home first, that shady Coco bitch? Coco Jumbo? Coco Jumbo. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> I love it. They, day one, getting into the fucking shade. Uh, do you – okay, well, let me ask you. Who do you think is going to go home first? We don't – Out of Kida and Anita? Yeah. I would say if it came down to a lip sync, that it would probably be Anita eliminated. Really? Yeah. You think uh, Kita is more of a lip think, sync queen? I think Kita's a little bit more honest to a performance where Anita goes for the gimmick and goes for the laugh, and I don't think that will necessarily translate in any song that they're given. Interesting. I am also curious. I mean, um, we discussed this a lot on the first episode. What lip sync songs are you expecting to to see this season? Kylie Minogue spinning around. Oh, you think spinning around Point has blank. to be the Kylie song? Because <laughs> there are a lot of Kylie songs they could they could use. Oh, absolutely. But if you're gonna get down to it, it's it's spinning around, which made Kylie an icon. <laughs> well, multi generational oh. because I remember. Look. I was uh, pretty young when Spinning Around came out. I knew who Kylie Minogue was, but I didn't yeah. know any of her, like, songs. Like, I was a young kid. I didn't listen to fucking Kylie on, on the regular. So Spinning Around being a huge hit was the first song where it made me go, oh, this woman, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I totally agree. I oh, – look, they could, like Andy said last week, they could do a whole season of Kylie songs, let's be honest. A Night of a Thousand Kylies, is it coming? It better be fucking coming. It better be coming. Uh, there was also a moment um, when the queens were getting ready for this big maxi challenge uh, double runway where um, Jojo Zaho actually got into her her previous experience uh, as uh, an Aboriginal Australian, including uh, saying that she was she was born in Melbourne, but she lived for 12 months on a mission. Yeah. Now, this was devastating to hear. Uh, I know that these places do still exist uh, in Australia, but... Uh, 
to hear her story, I mean, that was pretty powerful. I was stunned because it's like I have heard of these missions, but I didn't actually realise that they were still mm. running this, like, yeah, this day it's, and it's age. wild. It's wild. Um, and, yeah, so when the first cast was announced and JoJo was on it, she was the one that I was most excited to see. Yeah. And, like, I've never actually met her in real life with, you know, associated just through social media because just drag queens have our web of connections <coughs> that just do that. Of course. Um, but, yeah, we've, we've had a few chats. She's lovely as, and I just think she's so interesting. And then to have her, like, giving the story and giving me, like, opening up more. It's Total like, feels. It's like, oh, my God, we get to have this conversation and you don't even realise that I'm on the other end of this talk. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's, I mean, those are the kind of moments that I do appreciate about this show is that you do get to hear other people's stories. And I mean, so many of them as queer people, we can relate to some of them, but uh, this is one that not a lot of people could relate to. So it's great to have Jojo have her moment to talk about what that, I mean, I can't even imagine that kind of experience personally. So that so many people could hear a story is fantastic. And um, she was having this conversation with Art Simone and uh, you could tell Art was was shocked as well. So I'm really glad that that happened. And she, of course, said that uh, she wanted to, even though she's from uh, Newcastle uh, as an official town of residence, uh, she wanted to represent her culture on the runway for her hometown mm. look. So I thought that was fantastic. Home and is where the heart is. And home is where the heart I is. I think that's the message here that we needed to address. You should put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard that before in my life. You could make a ranking on that. Quotable quotes. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone else in between, if you've made it this far, you're clearly a fan, and why the fuck wouldn't you be? But you know what's a great way to show your appreciation for the pod? Giving us a follow on this little app called Instagram. Maybe you've heard of it. Go and search Not Another Drag Race Pod on Insta and give us a follow. I'm going to be posting clips from the podcast every week. And Drag Race fans, I know you love a comment section. So head on over to the comment section and give us your thoughts, feelings, opinions. I'm going to be sharing some of them on the podcast every week. I'm also going to be sharing Drag Race content. And again, give us your thoughts, give us your opinions. We'll chat about it. We're creating a little community over there. So make sure you head over to Instagram and follow Not Another Drag Race Pod. Okay, so Rue had a conversation with Rue. Yeah, let's talk about this, uh, the introduction to our very <laughs> first runway. So uh, the cameras turn on. It's the big, the music, the cover girl song starts up. We're all excited. I was so excited. And then we get a, let's just say the budget might've been cut a little bit on the runway because not as long as what we're used to it did look a little smaller smaller. but you know what it's a smaller cast so they're probably not going to need a huge stage for a big production number no that's fine Mm. we get it but uh out walks through in this gorgeous black gown and face beat to hell i mean so close to being a silver ferns reference (laughs) it kind of was actually yeah yeah no she looked incredible um rue giving us like what she always does when she shuts down that runway 
and um, introduces our judges, Michelle Visage. She's here. She's down under. And uh, Aussie comedian Reese Nicholson, who I'm excited to see uh, judge the show as well. He has good energy. It's very needed. And then, hello, RuPaul out of drag sitting at the judging panel. Uh, having a little bit of a back and forth. Uh, uh, I don't know how they did this. <laughs> Where Ru in drag is speaking to Ru out of drag. Now, I, like many people, saw this and thought, what the fuck? Clearly, okay, so drag race fans, we can all be frank with each other. Was Raven late to New Zealand? <laughs> like they said something about their makeup being lost in transit and I'm like, no. No one was there to apply it for no you. No one was there to apply <laughs> it You can for buy makeup in Auckland. It is not like some <laughs> small country back swamp. Like. They don't have Sephora. They don't have Mecca. <laughs> it's, it's a ghost town over there. I'll have you know, they do have Mac and Krylon. It's fine. You wow. can buy things. Um, so, yeah, no one was there to put it on. Let's be real. I just loved, I mean, it was pretty clear early on that um, that was the situation. They recorded a little uh, sketch to explain why Rue was sitting at the runway <laughs> without any makeup on. And then, obviously, once Raven finally got her ass to New Zealand, maybe out of quarantine, she was like, all right, let's film this part then, I guess. <laughs> uh, it was done, uh, like, quite intelligently, though. So they obviously prepared for... Yes, I give them props for that. Yeah. I give them props for actually being like, okay, this is our situation. They committed. It's not ideal. Uh, obviously, Rue is not going to sit uh, sans makeup, sans drag, and we're just going to accept it because God knows we won't. So let's figure out a way around it. I'm and honestly surprised that they just didn't film the judges' reactions on a later day. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a moment. Um, I Oh, God. It's just, I'm sorry, but... As much as I do, as I just said, what I said is true. I do give him props for having a little fun with it and making this little yeah. situation. However, I would also appreciate it if they didn't treat the fans like idiots. <laughs> it brought me back to the season 10 episode where the Queens did the, uh, what was it? Good persona, bad persona runway. In a saboteur. In a saboteur <laughs> runway. My least favorite episode of Drag Race I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> where they uh, asked the inner saboteurs who should go home and they all had to talk in character, even though it was a serious moment. And then backstage, the inner saboteurs, uh, oh, I'm sorry, the, uh, the real queens, the opposite of the inner saboteurs, uh, backstage and untucked watching them. And they filmed both of them separately and cut it together like it was a thing. Like their clones were watching backstage. It was so stupid. I couldn't. But, no, I love it when they make fun of that bullshit, though. Like, that's kind of why I was having a hard time with the Christmas special because I'm like, I get it's camp, I get it's different, but <laughs> fuck, this is stupid. You know, it actually really made me think. It's like if only Jocelyn Fox could see this now and see them in the same room together. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the first runway of RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under, the first runway being Born Naked. It is all about the nude illusion. And up first, the first queen strutting down the runway, bring it to the runway, is Scarlett Adams. Now, we saw before the runway started, when they were getting ready, Scarlett had a little incident with her suit, her bodysuit, I guess is what we're calling it. Sure. She had a rip. She had a rip on the side and she had a rip on her back. She said her back was blown out. Was anyone else like surprised that they didn't censor any of this? Because this is quite graphic, wasn't it? It was quite graphic. Um, 
It's true. On the US drag race, there are plenty of moments where they do blur out titties. Yeah. Uh, because they can't, even though it's female illusion and it's not real, they still have to blur it out. Um, but, but this is not the case. God, I mean, this look was good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're more loosey-goosey here down under. And um, it was a good look. Uh, she, look, the surgical staples on her rip on the front, I totally understand why that was necessary. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, Scarlett, good, good work. I give that look a boop. A boop. <laughs> okay. If we're going to do a, a, our own little system of toot and boot. I was um, just going to make noises uh, however I felt You know what? Screw it. <laughs> I, I was thinking about it. This is the first runway of uh, the season and therefore the first runway of the podcast. Let's just, uh, before, I would like to say uh, to everyone listening, I pay my respects to drag superstars Raja and Raven who have uh, created a wonderful rating system called Toot or boots. If you love a look, you toot it. And if you don't like it, you boot it. I'm not in any way creative to come up with my own version. Okay, but so I am. What about a nyas or a pass? <laughs> <laughs> nyas or a pass? Yeah, nyas or like the N. pass. All right, fine. Yeah. Nyas. Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone else in between, we are going with a new rating system here on Not Another Drag Race podcast. If you like a look, you nyas it. <laughs> and if you don't like it, you pass it. I'm going to reference uh, this amazing system that was created to us by Lola Blades on every episode here to forward. So thank you very much, Lola. <laughs> All right, next on the runway in our Born Naked is Maxi Shield. Uh, she, of course, referenced it as kind of a Madonna look. Uh, it's a very sheer, very, very sheer dress. And, of course, that massive chest plate with those big old titties i'm gonna go straight ahead and go pass um, yeah not a not my fave it's it's cute i mean born naked it's cute, but it didn't it didn't read for the assignment no born naked uh i don't think uh, a 68 year old woman in a sheer gown you know what i mean very bad <laughs> <laughs> uh next on the runway is of course electra shock in a, a look that was uh, inspired by rue uh, an early look by rue with a lot of uh football padding on the top rugby padding did you clock the reference straight uh, away? The ref, well, the, the, the Rue reference? Yeah. No, because I'm not that much of a Rue historian. So oh, okay. Like, yeah. yeah no. <laughs> I surprisingly got the reference straight away. Um, and I thought she looked stunning. Yeah, she does look great. I mean, I was I, so excited. It's like, finally, we get to see you look good. <laughs> <laughs> finally, because we just can't get past that. Thirsty fucking wig. <laughs> uh, for me, this is an absolute nyas. I, I do. I am. I am into it. Um, wearing like football padding and not nothing else. I think is pretty fierce. You know, I would have liked to see like, I, I don't know, some sort of like detailing down under. <laughs> so, oh, look at that reference. Okay. I don't know. I just feel like it was a little bit blank between the chest to the boots. But then you know, it's nude oh, illusion. it is nude it's illusion. Supposed yeah. to kind of like not be anything in a way but yeah i'm gonna give it a yes it was more of a, a ken illusion i guess it goes <laughs> <up and down. laughs> love it ken realness next up on the runway is coco jumbo wearing uh some very big uh pillowed eyes and lips on her torso covering her fake titties quite a huge wig um i'm not really sure what uh, i mean <sighs> This is the, the runway that the judges had the biggest issue with, uh, and I can see why. I mean, I love the look. Do you? I, I do love the look. As for it being for Nude Illusion, it, again, it didn't make sense. It wasn't correct. Um, 
I'm looking at the picture now and I really love those hoop earrings around the wrist. I thought that was genius. Yeah, that is kind of genius. I will be honest, I didn't realise that's what they were, that they were supposed to be earrings. I love a hoop earring. Well, I didn't realise that's what they were. I was 100% there for it. All right. I would have just loved it if she kept, had those hoop earrings in her actual ears. Oh, right. That would have been a stellar look. Um, I thought the default necklace was unnecessary. But um, (laughs) other than that, it, it just didn't, Tell me nude illusion. It was very much like, okay, so yeah, she's probably one of the more plus size of the contestants and maybe didn't want to showcase the body in the way that, like, you know, the girls beforehand did. Um, But I just wish she would have just, you know, given given us some guts and come out here and (laughs) without covering it all back up again. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if she did wear those earrings on her actual ears, do you really think she has the earlobes for that? Does any human being have the strong, the strength in their earlobes? Okay, the the hopes don't have to be that big specifically, (laughs) but like, you know, I've worn some, you know, decent snack-sized plates. Snack-sized plates. All right, well, Coco, maybe you should take uh, take some note from Lola Blades. Yeah, just, uh, yeah. Lola Blades, style and fashion icon. <laughs> uh, I give it a pass. It's a pass. Yeah, sorry, Coco. Uh, next up on the runway is etc. etc. And I loved this. I love the commentary. Uh, etc. is a non-binary human being, and we love that she exuded that on the runway. Uh, it oh, great ass too. <laughs> um, I just think etc. is such a fun queen. She's got great energy. I just I I can't say anything bad about this. I it's it's, it's an yas for me. I I wish I got to see more detail. I wish it went slower. Oh yeah, so she's a yas. She's a nyas. sorry. I'm just checking out her ass now too. Yeah, yas yas. <laughs> it's a yas all around. And uh, yeah, well done etc. I'm I'm so keen to see him see more of her. Like. I can't talk enough about it. I'm such a fan. And next up on the runway is Jojo Zaho doing now. It is uh, a very much just a plain old nude illusion. Look, there's no extra accessories. Uh, we've got the, what do you mean no extra accessories? She's got that little necklace. She's got a headband to tie in with the well, shoes. I mean like the, uh, the body is just the body. And uh, oh, yeah, even much. though points for the bush, because it's realistic. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I, I'm a little, I'm torn on this one, to be honest with you, because I like JoJo so much, but. Um, it's fine. You know, it could be one of those whole very like a soft nyas or a soft pass. But well, for me, this is. I'm going to go one or the other. And on this instance, I'm going to give it a pass just because it's, we've just seen some really good looks and I, it doesn't stack up. Well, for me, it's a soft pass. Because uh, I think she did a great job executing what she wanted. It's just not what the judges wanted. And that's fine. I mean, that's kind of what happens with all these queens when they go out on the runway. Uh, next up, it is Kaza from Finance. Wearing a f- floral poncho. You got to rip that thing off, girl. She rips it off and boom. Little bikini set and oh, gave us those tits, girl. Boom. Bikini off. Fake tits for the gods. <laughs> and fake bush for the gods. I I got to be honest. I thought this was executed very well. Yes and no. Oh, okay. Give us the give us the tea. Um. Okay. So the look that she came out in and was revealing from and what she ended up in, all very lovely. But because it was a born naked runway, mm-hmm. get to the naked sooner. 
Oh, you thought she spent too much time with actual clothing. And also, how many reveals does it take to make a drag queen interesting? Why, <laughs> why can't you just come out and give us what we asked for in the first instance rather than a, I'm going to take my clothes off for you now. Like, bitch, we already knew you were taking your clothes off. It's a nude runway. It's coming off. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It was just... She just tried too hard in this, I think. All right. Well, is it a nyas or a pass? I'm still going to give it a nyas. Okay. Because um, right. I still loved everything that she put on stage, but it was just like, you know, they if we're going to like be referencing our Raja and Raven, they always talk about editing. Was all of that outfit necessary? I, I totally get your point. Yeah, I do get your point. But um, yeah, it's, it's a nyas for me. Uh, just well the poncho. Just take off the poncho and come out in the bikini. Everything that, else That's worked. not a bad no- Yeah, that's not a bad Because note. those tan lines, that's... Funny. <laughs> yeah, the tan lines are funny. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I do agree. Um, editing is never a bad thing, but it, it's a yas from me. And next up on the runway, we have Anita Wiglet in some Poison Ivy kind of uh, vibes. Did uh, you get Poison Ivy? It's Eve. Oh, it is. Okay, so it is Eve of, of Adam and Eve fame. <laughs> yes, from the Bible fame. Yeah, yeah from, okay. from the Bible. Bible. Yeah, yeah, heard of her, heard of her. Um, Look, I think she looks great, to be honest with you. I think it's it's smart. And uh, now that I get that it is actually Eve, <laughs> I, I, look, I'm a nerd. I thought it was Poison Ivy. Uh, um, uh. I'm not mad at it. It's a nyas from me. Oh, my God. It's absolutely a nyas. Yeah. Um, Anita Wiglet looks expensive here. Um, it fits her so good as well. It does. Um, and I like that there was more of a reference than just turning up naked. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, like if, if I was to do Drag Race, I'd want to be able to find um, a point of view for each sort of category. And I feel like here she actually found one and she nailed it. So I'm going to give her a yes. Wicked. And yes, mama. Ooh. And our other Auckland queen, here she is, Ketamine, strutting down the runway in... Uh, well, again, another, well, yes. it is a sheer uh, little dress with cot- cotton balls by the looks of it, just uh, pressed up on the titties and hanging off the bottom of the dress as well as her arms, just dangling. And it's kind of like a showgirl's kind of... Yeah, it, she, she looks so pretty here. Um, I know, her face was great. Uh, like, just... Like, I was very impressed by that because, honestly, I wasn't that impressed by her entrance. Uh, you didn't like her entrance? Well, the mug in the entrance seemed a little... I don't know. It just was a little off for me. So, I was oh. I was a lot more... I'm, I'm much more impressed here. The blonde wig is very fierce. Yeah. Um, okay. So, she definitely well. played it a lot more prettier than, like, yeah. her um, avant-garde campness. But, um, <laughs> no, I was really into this look. It was, it was very pretty, very... Um, soft and supple. Uh, <laughs> Work, Heidi. Um, and, you know, power to her. Like, you, we've all just learned about her um, weight loss journey and yeah. that's got to be a fucking powerful moment for her. So, um, Oh, absolutely. No, I was really into it. That's yeah. a nyaz. It's an absolute nyaz. Well done. And next up on the runway, Melbourne's own Art Simone. Now, Art Walks out in a half and half look, uh, half of it completely nude. The other half, well, we got a little bit of fashion going on. We got some, I don't know what you would call that. You're the queen here. Uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what the other side's supposed to be. Like I get the nude side. Okay, naked. But what's the side on the left? Uh, It just seems like kind of like a cool little bodysuit ripped in half. Just a look. I, I, I think it was great. I mean, just because we've seen half and half done before doesn't make it a bad thing. I think she did a fantastic job. I think for a half and half runway, stellar. For a nude runway, 
I would like a little bit more on the nude. Okay. Maybe. Nah, it's 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 too much for a nude. You don't think she gets points for innovation? Like originality? It's pretty I mean, you know no one else on the runway was gonna go for this. Did she make it? If she made it, I'm gonna give her a yes. If she didn't make it, or regardless, I'm just gonna give her a soft yes. <laughs> well, it's a yes from me. I thought it was cool. And it is uh, very cool. It, that comes to the end of our first runway. It is now time for the second runway. The category is hometown glory. <laughs> hometown glory <laughs> hole. Uh, <laughs> no, it is uh, show us your hometown vibe with uh, with your runways. And up first again is Scarlett Adams. Of course, it is a black swan. I mean, okay, did we now expect all anything? these references. I didn't. Oh, didn't get. you know that um, Perth's uh, official animal was a black swan? No, I didn't. No. <laughs> well, I don't think the judges knew either. <laughs> Maybe Reese Nicholson, but uh, I, it's clear the judges have a lot to learn uh, down under. Look, I think considering uh, it is what it is, it's a black swan. There's very little things you can do to represent that other than do fucking Bjork. Like a version of Bjork's Oscars dress. Yes. Was yeah. that even a swan? What was she wearing? It was a swan. Oh, yeah. okay. It might have yeah. been, I don't know. It could have been like a goose or something. Um, but <laughs> I think this was fantastic. She looks great. The hair worked really well with this, I think. Uh, yeah, I, it's it's a nyas for me. Yeah, no, it's a nyas. I, th- I thought this was beautiful. Um, next up is Maxi Shield with a bit of a prawn look. I thought she was a lobster. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes sense. Uh, I love, I do think she did a good job considering it is a prawn illusion. I think, I mean, the little head, she got rid of it very quickly, her giant uh, yeah. prawn headpiece. Because so you glad needed to did. rip off the head so you could eat up that body. Oh, of course. I mean, that's just genius. It's a nice for me. I like it. Um, and look at her showing versatility without a breastplate. <laughs> Wow, episode one and already she's like turned a whole new life. Already in the drag history books. Um, yeah, who would have thought that like prawn could be fashion? It's still not fashion, but <laughs> I'm going to well, give it a yes. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, it might be considered fashion in drag circles. I mean, it's... it's <laughs> would I see it down... Uh, Mugler runway. No, I would not, but I, that's fine. Honestly, I, I'm sure she just did it for the joke of being like, I'm a prawn. <laughs> <laughs> being a big-ass woman and like, I'm a prawn. <laughs> I love it. Way to go, Maxie. I'm a little shrimp. <laughs> Next up on the runway is Electra Shock in, uh, as you mentioned earlier, uh, it is a reference to, so what is the the uh, Maori name of Auckland? Yeah, so the Maori name is Tamaki Makoto. Uh, which was for a thousand lovers. Um, I didn't actually know that until this um, runway that that's oh, wow. what Tamaki Makoto stood for. So that was really cool that I got to learn something about yeah. um, what I would consider my hometown. Yeah. Even though I only lived there four years of my life. Oh, well. Um, but I, I, yeah, when she came out, if she hadn't have told us that, I wouldn't have known what was going on. True. Um, uh, I will say the, considering it is, what was it? A thousand hearts? A thousand lovers. Uh, a yeah. thousand lovers. Um, I'm. I got to be honest. It's. It's going to be a pass from me. Uh, I think there was a, in a weird way, a lot going on, and also not enough going on. If that makes any yeah. sense whatsoever. Um, that seems to be her thing. From what we've seen this episode, is just like more is more. Mm. Um, and I do love a more is more kind of aesthetic. Uh, like I love the cape. Um, I yeah, I do love the cape. Um, I'm just a little, the hearts kind of make it seem a little more. If that outfit yeah. wasn't uh, particularly this category and she wore that for something else, I think I might have liked it a little more. 
But yeah. and if, if you got rid of the hearts. See, because, yeah, because it was the cape for me which made it, like, iconically New Zealand because that's, uh, you know, it was uh, reminiscent of, like, the tribal capes for, like, Māori tribes. Mm. Um, so I saw that and I, I acknowledged and I respected that. Um, but altogether it was, yeah, as you said, a, a lot and not enough <laughs> all at once. Um, so it's a pass from you. Yeah, it's a pass. That's okay. They can't all be perfect every single week. I mean, they're not – I was about to name a queen who was perfect every week, but I can't think of one. <laughs> <laughs> Simone. <laughs> oh, Simone. Well, not every week. I mean, let's be honest. Rosé. Mm, when did she bomb? That's a good question. I'm trying to think. When did Rosé bomb this season? Oh, come on. I'm sure there was a time. It's just that I can't remember it. <laughs> I think the only time for me personally that Simone bombed, no one else agreed with. In season 13. So, um, I was the beast runway. I hated it. <gasps> no. Yeah. Oh, you know, we've already argued about this. I, yes. fucking, I fucking love a fairy. I, I, sorry. I don't even know if she was going for a furry reference. But <laughs> it's what we ended up with because this community's fucking, this community. Uh, yeah, no, sorry. Simone's beast runway for me was the one I was really disappointed with because I felt like she could have just gone to a costume shop and said, I'll take it and walked on the runway with a beat face and boom, there it is. Sorry. Yeah, your expectations for what drag queens should need to provide to you is <laughs> unrealistic. Well, when you're talking about the Olympics of drag, honey, it's a little different story. Uh, back to this Olympics of drag. Uh, it is Coco Jumbo stomping down the runway in a gorilla, <laughs> full-blown gorilla look. She's got – and she's beating her chest like you wouldn't believe. Now, So this is obviously going to be a pass based on uh, your <laughs> opinions on Simone's fairy look. <laughs> Because this also does look like a store-bought costume, does it not? Well, she's got – it's not exactly a store-bought costume because, look, there's um, – the pants are obviously a completely separate part of the garment. Um, it's It looks like she's wearing uh, a fur on top of uh, a sheer bodysuit kind of thing. So it's not one outfit. It's constructed separately. Um, and that's what I have to say about that. It's a nyas from me. Okay, so which part of Australia has gorillas? <laughs> this is hometown, right? Yeah, so she's from Sydney. They have a zoo? They do have a zoo. And their gorillas are famous? Uh, they could be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. I, I'm sorry. Um, you're, very, you're very particular about this category. Like, if it doesn't fit the category, it might look great, but... But what category are we on right oh. now? Uh, I don't say it... Um, you know, a mug. Oh, that you've frozen that on a beautiful <laughs> shot. She's beautiful. Um, it's yeah, a she, stunning it's, look. Yeah. I just don't get Sydney. I also like the wig a lot. Um, it makes sense with the with the whole outfit. It's a yas for me. I'm gonna give it a pass. Sorry, Coco. You're beautiful. Okay. That's fine. Next on the runway is etc. etc. And she is repping Canberra, our nation's capital, which not a lot of people know about. Uh, internationally, they think the Sid- Sydney is the capital of Australia or Melbourne. I've gotten that a few times, but they don't know Canberra exists. So I'm happy that we're getting some Canberra representation, despite the fact that the whole city was built purely because they wanted to build uh, a capital uh, for all the politicians to get up and ruin our country. But uh, putting politics aside, <laughs> I think uh, etc. looks fantastic. Uh, she makes a reference to the parliamentary triangle. Uh, on her, What's on, the parliamentary triangle? So you've got uh, Parliament House, 
and you've also got oh, the, the House Australian. of Representatives and the yes, that's Senate. where all the people go oh. to do the laws and shit. Yeah, okay. And oh. you've also got um, at the other end of that whole area is the Australian War Memorial, and uh, there's like three. It's like three uh, parts that make up kind of like the the essence of Canberra. I can't remember okay. what the third one is. Apologies, Canberra. I haven't been to you in about fifteen years. My apologies. Uh, but I love the look so much. I, I just think her face and her wig choice. Oh my God. I'm just so happy. It's a yas for me because I just love this queen so Okay, much. so it's going to be really hard for people to actually like meet a category for this, isn't it? So now I feel bad about Coco's, <laughs> Coco's past because okay. it's like this. Like, look at it, I, I don't see a Canberra, but then again, I don't, I wouldn't recognize it for being Canberra. Um, well, no. I mean, it would be kind of hard. She, of course, had to say in her over in her voiceover, "This is a reference to the parliamentary triangle." So, but even still, Coco was a, a gorilla. <laughs> 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 um, so, no, I'm, I'm going to give this one a nyas. I think it's super pretty. Um, yeah, it's like, a nyas, absolute nyas. Yeah, grey is so underrated to be such a pretty color. It is. It absolutely is. I mean, I mean, we can't go past the greatest grey look in Drag Race history was Detox at the season five finale in that sure. total black and white uh, old Hollywood movie. Like it was fucking amazing. Uh, next on the runway is in the hometown glory hole uh, category. That's what I'm <laughs> calling it from now on. Is JoJo Zaho? Yeah, I love this look. I thought it was so cute. I, I mean, the mosaic was yes, beautiful. that was my absolute favorite part. I thought the uh, the top was was very well done. Uh, all in all, it is a strong look with a strong message. Of course, she reveals when she uh, moves up her cape. Always was and always will be. I was an audible fan at this moment. <laughs> oh yeah, I was like, oh, well done, JoJo. Really well done. I think. Um, Look, I understand what the judges were coming from because they, of course, they picked apart little things like, of course, the the wig uh, not being yeah. enough. It wasn't positioned uh, well enough. Uh, I believe Michelle also had issues with uh, just too much going on with the the neck wrap. Yeah, yeah. I what where I kind of fell out of it was the um, the makeup. Oh, the makeup. The makeup to me with the very like. Princess Amidala. <laughs> it was almost kind of uh, that whole Elizabethan, Victorian yeah. sort of look. Where it was like, I don't know why you colonised your face for this <laughs> message. Well, she did say um, she was also referencing a little bit Marie Antoinette. She, was she? Yeah. Is she? Well, that's what she said on the runway, girl. Okay, sure. You, there's no need to overdo it because it's like we got the message from the front and you gave us a message from the back. There's no need to True. kind Look, of overthink it. I yeah. agree with you there. Yeah. yeah. But um, I'm still going to give it a nyas. It's an absolute um, nyas for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. And I really am so proud that she was able to get that message on the runway. I'm also I glad love that, that it was um, first episode as well that yes. they got to do that. And that Rue and Michelle now know what the history behind that phrase is and the, a little bit of, uh, of Aboriginal culture. I think it's fantastic. Well done, Jojo. Uh, next on the runway is, of course, Kaza from Finance. Now, <laughs> this, I got to say, Karen, you knocked it out of the park. I think this was a fantastic choice to do Melbourne Cup realness because if there's anything Melbourne Cup realness, it's this. It is the yeah. <laughs> trashy woman in a Kmart dress, <laughs> losing her heels, Crying off her makeup. I don't know anyone out there if you've seen the viral video of a woman. I think it was at Melbourne Spring Racing Carnival in a blue dress, fucking losing it, falling over all over the place, calling everyone around her a massive cunt. 
uh, trying to attack a woman falling down in the grass. It is one of the best. Vid- don't you don't don't look it up now. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna put it on my watch list because this sounds fantastic. Lola is already getting out her phone and looking for this video. I believe Willem uh, did it on an episode of Beatdown once. Uh, hilariously, uh, one moment the woman is just screaming. Uh, yay, fucks, and Willem's just going up. Uh, I highly suggest it. Uh, okay, she found it. She found it? Um, okay. Now, out of all the Australian queens, this is the reference that I understood immediately. Of course. Like, where else do you wear a fascinator? Exactly. Um. <laughs> I mean, great fascinator. The dress was, I mean, I shouldn't be so harsh. Maybe not a Kmart dress. Maybe... Glassons. I don't know. I just think. I don't know. I had a very similar dress from Valley Girl in maybe like 2002. Oh my God. Is Valley Girl still a thing? Valley Girl? Yeah. Oh, it was, <laughs> was back in 2012. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they're one of the ones who have gone out of business lately. But uh, no, yeah. I I just think this is an absolute nyas. Yeah. This is a fantastic It's one. a nyas. I can, I'm, I'm always able to relate to White Girl Wasted. Yeah. <laughs> Next up on the runway is uh, Auckland's own Anita Wiglet in the shape realness fantasy. I mean, look at this. This is. It's camp. It's camp. It is everything you would expect from a queen who was going to do a full sheep look. It's like, so it's, ugly. It is. But she also removes her sheep, uh, her sheep little jumper and boom, there's some pasties just to give it a little extra sex because we need to sexualize sheep. <laughs> As if Anita Wiglet wasn't pasty enough. <laughs> They've glued them on their nips. Um, oh, it, I love, I just think it's so good. It's, it's so are, ugly, but like, don't, don't let me fool you. It's good. Like yeah. <laughs> ugly is not a bad thing. No. Um, no, I full respect to a drag queen who would like rock up on stage looking that much of a mess. Um, I love it. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a nyas. It's a nyas. I love the uh, the sheep cap as well with the horns popping out. Makeup is perfect. Uh, makes sense. I'm just so happy that we got something like this on the runway because it was really entertaining. Thank you so much, Anita Wiglet. And last up, oh, no, not last up, second last up, is Ketamine in the all-black stress. Uh, it was very well done. Again, very happy with the beat. The wig, every oh, I didn't realize she has uh, the number sixty nine on her back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does anyone in the All Blacks have the number sixty nine? No, um, they, they don't count that high. Okay, well, <laughs> I was actually going to say, uh, do you know anything about rugby? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so if you um, if you go between the posts and you um, touch the ball down, yes, um, you get a try. Oh. And then you've got the ability. That's three points. Try, wow. yeah, okay. And then you've got the ability to convert the try Tell by kicking the ball between the posts. Wow, yeah, this sounds like a great sport. And she clearly did a great job uh, in this look. There's of course a silver fern on the dress as well. It's great that when queens can make a look that is so simple, like just black and it's a touch so of white, simple. so well, but like, it's so it's, perfect. It is so perfect, Kita. It is an Absolute yes. Okay, one more little fun fact. Uh, okay, between Kita and Anita. Yes, they both have the same boy name, which is Nick. You're kidding? No way. That is so okay. That's wild. Game changer. I know. They're fully New Zealand's Trixie and Katya. Because <laughs> <laughs> they have the same name, don't yeah, they? Yeah, Brian. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny as hell. Yeah, okay. no, they're both Nick. Um, but yeah, Nyas Kita. Nyas Kita. I, it, it's it's perfect. 
It is. I'm I'm stunned. I'm grouped. I'm gagged. Like, I, I was proud. To the I, point yeah. where I'm actually kind of shocked she was safe. Do you think her first runway made her in the safe category rather than the tops? <sighs> I mean, we'll get into the tops and bottoms. Yeah. Soon, yeah. Oh, she, yeah. She would have been like fourth. Yeah. She was Surely. Just, just in there. Yeah. Surely. Uh, finally, our last girl down the runway in hometown glory hole is Art Simone. And... I loved when she walked out in this. It is a, a big black cape with a nice little brooch. And she mentioned that she was down the Paris end of Collins Streets <laughs> as a Melbourne boy. I appreciate that. I used to work. Um, my old office was on the Paris end of Collins Street. And the amount of times I would see people waiting in line to get into the Burberry and the yeah, Prada. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you people. No, I take my tram through there. <laughs> oh, of course. You've got to peer out the window and see what life is like for those four of <laughs> us. But then she whips off the cape and boom, it is Melbourne Graffiti art it's uh hosier lane it is not just hosier lane it's any melbourne laneway that is filled to the brim with amazing graffiti artwork from some talented fucking people in the city i it was fantastic the actual dress and cape itself i loved the graffiti artwork even more so art fuck yes this is a yas boots the house down it's a yas um like i would have been happy with that fabric regardless of like what kind of cut or silhouette they were going yeah. for. Just the fact that they were able to make it go from black to the graffiti it was just was perfection. I loved and it And it just so made much. so much sense to do it on a cape, really. Yes. It was so genius too. I Yeah, well done, Art. Um, you really represented Melbourne fantastically there. I got to say, now that we've discussed the runway, what are your thoughts overall? We had two of them. We had 10 queens. Each time, what what are your major vibes on our first one? There's runway? only 10, isn't there? There's only 10 queens, yeah. <sighs> I got to ask, because you are a queen yourself, is there anything, were there anything where you're just like, oh, I, I wish I could wear that? Like, I know you mentioned a few, but like, you just wish you could just do uh, a number of The, the that. things that are just off the top of my head that I really want to like climb into and wear myself. Yeah. Um, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jojo's a hoe. I, you know, I'll dive yes. deep in, and I'm not even a top. Like, <laughs> oh, my turn then. Uh, <laughs> I, I agreed. <laughs> Where's the thirsty bitches? I've already finished my glass of water. Complimentary <laughs> of the host. Um, but no, so out, out of the what was worn that I can think of, like you know, I'm a, I'm a tacky girl, so I, I'm already thinking of um, ketamine's nude illusion. Yes. That's cute as fuck. I would, I'm all about it. Yeah. Um, oh, the entrance look for et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> I really love that cockroach. I didn't get it was a cockroach for the longest time. Seriously? Yeah. I just okay. thought, oh, that's a nice brown. <laughs> <laughs> work. Well, I got to say, I'm really impressed by the first few runways and I can't wait to see more of them. Like every week, this is just going to be so much fun. Um, not only do I get to enjoy more of the show that I love, but I get to enjoy Down Under Queens doing it. It's just, I'm just so pumped. Uh, unfortunately, as with every episode, we have to get to the critiques. There are tops and there are bottoms. Mm. Now, the judges did have some issues with Electra Shock, Jojo Zaho and Coco Jumbo. Uh, either one or both of their looks, they weren't really into. If you were choosing the bottom two this week, who would you choose? Based on the runway presentations. You know, for me, it's, I can't help but be biased. Can you? <laughs> like, I, I'm so biased here because it's like, you know, when the whole cast was announced, one of the queens that I was most excited for was Jojo. Mm -hmm. 
So that was painful to see her in the bottom. And I know um, Electroshock and I know that she can perform. Yeah. Um, so it's like whoever goes up against her is basically just going home. <laughs> um, so, you know, I've, I'm looking I, forward. If I could have saved Jojo and put Coco in the bottom. You would have. I would have. You look. Uh, I'd probably say the same. I I do think Electra deserved to be in the bottom this week, unfortunately. But it was a little heartbreaking to see JoJo in the bottom because I just I gravitated towards her so much. I loved her energy. I loved uh, she was she was funny. She was quirky. She had a real uh, sense of self, and I just yeah. wanted to see more of that. So the fact um, that she this was, was so our bottom fab two, original, fab original, fab original house down boots. Uh, before we get to our bottom two, of course, we did have a little bit of Untucked uh, where the queens were untucking backstage, uh, chatting about the judges' critiques. Uh, and, of course, Jojo was a little upset. Uh, Coco was uh, consoling her. I mean, I know that I know they don't do Miss Congeniality on um, international seasons, but if they did for this, let's give it to Coco for episode one. Uh, I just thought it was a nice tender moment. But I was just upset that um, Jojo was so upset. And then we, of course, but before we get to the super sad stuff, we get to uh, announcing our very first winner of our very first maxi challenge on RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. And the winner was Karen from Finance. Now, I thought this it was a toss-up between Karen and Art. Yeah. I got to say I was kind of rooting for Art because I just am obsessed with that hometown look. I just thought it was fabulous. But... Karen fucking nailed it. I think she. I think she deserved the win personally. What about you? Yeah, altogether, all she definitely did have the strongest set. She had the strongest set. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Even if I'm gonna read her for like having too much, you know, it's better to have too much. <laughs> that's than true. Not you enough. did read her a little bit, but that's fine. You know? Shade comes from reading. Um, personally, uh, very happy with our with our first winner. Uh, congratulations. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> congratulations. You're, You're number, number one. one. Can we also well, say... Thank you for a job well done. Well, you know what wasn't a job well done? Having that as the runway song. Because I got to be honest, <laughs> that song is lyric heavy. The runway song shouldn't be lyric heavy. They should just be a good beat. Yeah. So we can actually hear the judges and hear the, over, the voiceovers on the runway. But... You know, Rue's running out of songs, so we had to go with this one. I get it. Got to put out a new album, Rue. It's been a while. I'm shaking my head. I'm like, no, we don't need another album. (laughs) (laughs) Or you could just hire music producers and DJs who make great tunes to just put some runway tunes together. It doesn't need to be one of your songs. Come on. Yeah. Be that self-centered. Let's get over this. It's with your fucking 13 years in. Unfortunately, we have to get to the part of the episode that we dread, which is our bottom two, and it was Electra Shock and Jojo Zaho. Rue says those immortal words. It's time for you to lip sync for your life. Good luck and don't fuck it up. Tragedy by the Bee Gees was the first choice of a lip sync song. Thoughts? Why did they use the Bee Gees version? Well, they're an Aussie band. Are they? <laughs> Yes, they are. That's probably why they chose it. Um, BGs, I think they were born in the US, but they moved to Brisbane when they were very, very, very young and they grew up uh, uh, oh, in Australia. So they are okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you were hoping you, for steps, weren't you? Yeah, the fact that they didn't play steps was a bit of a tragedy for me. <laughs> that was so terrible, but I appreciate it. Um, Jojo and Electra uh, get to work in this lip sync. Uh, Electra, plenty of 
plenty of uh, acrobatic work on that fucking runway. Yeah. You need to pound that puss into the floor. Feel your puss down deep in your soul. And boy, she she was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, Electra really turned it um, with the dancing skills. Uh, she knows how to do the splits and she's not afraid to show you. Uh, Jojo, I think, did a good job as well. Like if she was doing that at a, at a bar one night, absolutely, I'd be going up. I thought she, I, I loved it. Mm. It's just unfortunately one needs to do slightly better than the other. And in this case, it was Electra Shock because... Jojo Zaho was told to sashay away. The first queen eliminated on RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. I'm devastated. Personally, I I just wanted to see so much more. And that's why I'm going to be following every move she makes on Instagram. I'm going to be following her every move. I can't wait to go and see her live. I'm, a, I'm officially a Jojo Zaho stan. What about you? Well, I was a fan before, um, <laughs> before she was famous. So oh, I'm you know, so sorry. I, I, I'm so sorry. As soon as the episode had finished, I DM'd her because it was just like, oh my god, I wanted, I wanted to say so much more. But I'm just, I'm still grateful for what I did get to say, um, and you know, I still get to see everything that she does outside of Drag Race, and that's not going to change. Absolutely, I can't wait to see what she does. I also. Would love to meet her one day and buy her a drink. <clears throat> um, <laughs> trade of the season. When the trade of the season goes home first, it's always disappointing. Everyone go online and follow Jojo Zaho on Instagram and go give her the love. I, I'm really keen to see the rest of the season, although disappointed with how the first episode ended up. I'm still keen to see so much more Aussie and New Zealand drag on display. I'm also super keen to see more of Rue and Michelle trying to understand Aussie and New Zealand culture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for RuPaul to butcher the accent as much as possible. <laughs> oh, my God. We need more moments of, um, you're right, babes. You're right. Like, <laughs> whatever that's going to be down here. Um I'm so keen. <laughs> it, it's going to happen. Kangaroo came up. I, I wasn't expecting it, but Huru, yeah, it's coming. Huru, it is coming. I got to say, I was uh, mixed feelings about this first episode. I'll be honest. There were a few things I, maybe my hopes were too high on some things, but honestly, good start. Happy with these queens getting the chance to show their drag to the world. It's going to be out all over the world on WoW Presents Plus, I believe, uh, like in the US and stuff. So that's fantastic. Uh, I can't wait to see more. What are your expectations before we uh, wrap this up? I want well, they to already told us that the next episode is Snatch Game. Episode oh, we've got Snatch two. Game. We've got nine queens participating in Snatch Game. And I guarantee seven of them are doing Kath and Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Literally though. There'll be Kath, no. Kim, Pauline Hansen, Bindi Irwin. We got Art who says she wants to do Bindi Irwin. Oh really? Yeah, she said that in the preview. That's going to be interesting. Oh, I know that. Oh, mm. go get it, girl. <laughs> do <laughs> I don't see it, but okay. No, oh, it is going to be really be a good one, wouldn't it? Oh god, <laughs> I'm already thinking to some of the most horrible jokes we could make if <laughs> someone did Steve Irwin. <laughs> Mostly surrounding his death. My, I need to ask you before you go, though, um, very quickly, uh, two things. Who do you think, based off what we've seen so far, I know it's impossible because it's only episode one, but who do you think for, you don't have to say who you think for the crown, but who's going to make it to the finale? Um, I can see a top four. Oh, a uh, little twist there in the end. Yeah, Kita and Anita, Art and Karen. 
Interesting. Okay. Or top two, Keita and Art. All right. Wow. Okay. Interesting predictions. And just lastly, I'm going to be asking all of my guests this on Not Another Drag Race podcast. This is going to be a different one because, I mean, you are a literal drag queen. Uh, so I have to rephrase this question. I usually want to ask my guests, what song out there do you think you can absolutely slay a lip sync to? But I'm going to ask you, what is in your arsenal that you know you have slayed a lip sync to? Any song in the world. Any song that you think if you get up on that stage, you're literally going to be like, bitch, you're living for me and I understand it. Just one? Yes, just one. Christina Aguilera. The entire back catalogue. Dirty or Let There Be Love. Interesting choices. Very different songs. (laughs) (laughs) Dirty is, I think, should be done more in drag. Has has Dirty even been on Drag Race as a lip sync song? No. Oh, it needs to be. It needs to be. And let's make the runway. The runway category can be dirty. (laughs) Like, (laughs) that can be... (laughs) <laughs> Grungy queens, I want to see that. Let There Be Love is an underrated bop. I will be oh, honest. It is an underrated yes. Christina song. Yeah, I really do like it. Listen, ladies, gentlemen, and everyone else in between, that was a journey of a first episode that we went on. I'm so excited for more, but I have to say, Lola Blades, thank you so much for joining me here today and chatting all things episode one. Thank you for having me, and thank you for being so convenient to my house. <laughs> <laughs> We love Collingwood Queens. Represent. Uh, Where can people follow you on the socials if they want to see more Lola? Um, Jump on Instagram, lola.blades. You've heard my name, Lola Blades, mentioned plenty of times. I'm sure you know how to spell. Just (laughs) chuck it into Google and see what happens. I even have like a little bit of a wiki going on. Wow. Well, it's it's wiki fandom. I don't know if it really counts as like a Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) You can catch me on Scruff. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, um, while everyone's out there checking you out on Instagram and conveniently catching you on Scruff, um, you can also follow me uh, at Racy Boy on Instagram. And of course, go and follow Not Another Drag Race Pod on Instagram. We're going to be doing fun things over there. Join the conversation, leave some comments uh, on clips of the podcast, as well as pictures from the show. We're going to be posting uh, content from the runways. Give us your thoughts. God knows you'll love your motherfucking opinions about this television series. So I expect you to give me the goods. Until next week. I'm Reese. This is Lola. This is RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. Episode two with Snatch Game is happening in one week's time. I'm so excited, especially since I hear it's going to be a wildfire of trash. But (laughs) (laughs) we'll see what happens. Catch us next week. Have a good one, everybody. 